Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, welcome. This is Better Than Yesterday, a podcast here to make it better every week since 2013 by having a conversation with someone who's been there before. My name's Osher Ginsberg. Thanks for being a part of it. I'm a podcaster. I'm an author. I'm a TV host. I'm uh, someone who wears jeans with inbuilt knee pads. I'll let you figure out why. It's not because I work in television. <laughs> Actually, it is because... Uh, you know, the, the TV network I work at most of the time, um, there's very limited parking. So when I ride the motorbike there, sometimes it's just really, never mind. Uh, this is a Wednesday show. So on Wednesdays, we kind of go back in time a little bit and check out an episode from times past. And uh, so Mondays, I've got a guest and Fridays, it's just you and me. And Wednesdays, we go back and go, you know what? This one's pretty good. This one's actually really good. In 2014, I had a conversation with my first ever internet friend, Camilla Wright. Now, you may not know who Camilla Wright is, but you probably have seen in some way, shape or form over the last 20 years or more now, ideas that have come out of probably the very first pop culture gossip newsletter that ever existed. Camilla Wright is the founder and editor of the longest running, deepest digging, essentially gossip and showbiz story email newsletter called Pop Bitch. It started in 1999. Pop Bitch is very easily, uh, if not the very first internet pop culture gossip site or newsletter, it definitely set the standard for internet reporting and the look at celebrity culture and pop culture and it kind of really set the expectation of what this is, what it is. Very different to the kind of things you see pop up in certain other articles. It's a different tone and it's delightful. Camilla is a fantastic human being. She's a remarkable woman. She left a career in serious political journalism talking about Eastern Europe and the horror and tragedy that emerged there after, um, you know, the fall of the Berlin, Berlin Wall and communism started to disintegrate in the late, in the late 90s. And she started a weekly email about pop stars behaving badly. 
in the longer conversation, which you can find, we talk about celebrities, we talk about why she left her political journalism career. We talk about Britney Spears, even back then, uh, and how the world was at the time being quite unkind to her. So to kick off, here's a little chunk of, you know, why she started Pop Bitch. God, I wish I had a good answer to this. Uh, there were two of us that started it. And what we always wanted to do was start a magazine that was, it probably won't make sense to anybody outside Britain. There used to be a magazine here called Smash Hits. It was basically... We a, had it in Australia. Did you? Yeah. It was pop stars and popular culture. I always thought it was done really cleverly, but never took itself seriously. So it could be a good mix of high and lowbrow, not taking anything seriously, but loving the world it was in. But it was only something you could really read up to about 15. And we thought one day, it, it, there was a, it was a different world then. The, the popular culture, the, the celebrity, the sharing of the, the grown-ups liking music and that was not really like it is now we always wanted to do something like that but obviously you can't start a magazine cost millions to start a magazine so when email came along we saw a few other people there was one called need to know for the tech industry which was really inspirational that you could just basically write an email and send to people we just thought this would be fun all the stuff that nobody printed in interviews or behind the scenes in entertainment industry tv you know what really goes on in the TV industry, music industry. I thought it'd be just fun to send it to some friends. Somebody might like it. Never thought it would take off. Never thought we'd be doing it for longer than a few weeks. And then suddenly people started to ask if they could subscribe to it. So it was like, fuck, we've actually got to do this now. And, and this, is a, this is in the time before MailChimp and stuff like this. Oh, like you, yeah. How did you, like you were this basically is, inventing it as you went. This is how it started. We'd write it. I mean, the text in ASCII really was because that was the only way of doing it. There was no HTML emails back then. No, that was it. And we'd have to just uh, take a list of people's emails from Excel and just send it out kind of to batches at a time. And then somebody came up with a, somebody wrote us some code and we got a, a bespoke email service together and sent it out and then it got bigger and bigger and... Then after about... You must have thought you were on the Starship Enterprise when that came along. Uh, from, <laughs> from copying, pasting Excel and trying not to, you know, bust out spam filters and mail filters. And, yeah. You know, because this is back when inboxes had like, oh, you've reached your one megabyte capacity. Sorry, can't take any more. Yeah. And then when you start off doing that with the word bitch in your title, we suddenly thought, hang on a minute. It's probably not a good idea. Well, we went on. We persevered with it. So, yeah, that was how it started. So, at the same time, you were doing this kind of a newer kind of journalism that hadn't yet been done on the internet. Of course, now it's everywhere yeah. what you're doing. But you were there. You were the start of it. I remember, but at the same time as you're doing that, in a parallel, you're pushing the technology and yeah. as hard as you can. Like, we need this. And so you were, you were creating it as you go. So the, when the bespoke mailer came along, what did that do for you? By that time, it started to get, probably the end of 2000, it started to really get big here Every newspaper was covering it, TV. Somebody had also at the same time invented a message board, basically a new forum where people could just come in and chat on one page. It's amazing that you're talking about this as if it never existed before, but folks have to understand that there was a time before message yeah. boards. Yeah. And message, there were message boards around, but they were, they were called threaded, so you'd have a headline and then each forum would be off. So, we, so somebody invented basically a flat play, page, like a Facebook page, I guess, where people could just come and leave messages for each other. And that kind of just took off and the whole of the media industry here really started to be on it. On the pop bitch message board? Yeah. There were just so many. We had Madonna on it for a while, which was 
a fun afternoon. And then, <laughs> this is like pre-Reddit. This is like 10 years yeah. before, more before Reddit. And this is kind of like, shit, is that really Madonna? It sounds like it. It might be. So we had to kind of, from then, invent something that would actually get stuff out to people. So that's where the, the mailing system came into play. Then we, uh, we kind of ran out of money. It was so expensive back in the day to have bandwidth. I mean, just running a website cost a fortune. It's not like now where you can stick things up on the cloud and the space is there. We couldn't run it. We couldn't get the messages out. We couldn't send the emails out. So we set up an appeal. People, all the readers, gave in money for it. We had a party that um, people like John Deacon from Queen came along to and just put money in a bucket. <laughs> Which got us through a few months. And then some people came along and said, hey, we've got loads of spare bandwidth. They had an old nuclear bunker in uh, the south coast. So we ended up there. And uh, that's kind of what happened. Just borrowing and stealing and trying to keep in touch with people both in Silicon Valley and here that were doing interesting things and saying, hey, you should try this tech. Which lasted about five years, at which point we kind of gave up on the trying to be cutting edge and just thought, we're just going to stay old school now. Kimmel had a serious career as a political journalist. And at one point she went, nah, I'm going to go write about pop stars. So how'd, how'd that happen? I think I'd always wanted to work for myself. And this was a place I felt comfortable. The voice of pop, it's not my voice. It's, it's got its own world and its own, but it's part, it, I'm part of it. So going out and talking to people, not just writing things, but even kind of funding it, you know. Who's our partners? Who do we want to talk to in the world? How do we want to interact with our readers? That was all very much a strong part of it. And the stories bit, the communications bit is what still drives me. But, you know, where, where I was, I was doing freelance pieces, features. This was a much more direct way to people's inboxes. So, no, there was, this was great. And do you remember the, like, the first month that you paid rent out of purely pop bitch ruin you like did, did you have a moment where you go look what i've done <laughs> i think for about six months i i gave a friend my uh visa card and then just took cash out like your kid i guess and said i'm gonna spend this month and then if you ran out relying on someone to take you to the pub or to buy you dinner or something like that but full, it got full bootstrap mode it, that's how it felt like just like this has got to work but until people pay and to be honest it's, it's always been like that because on a weekly newsletter you're only getting in what you can get in that week you might have an eight month contract with somebody but they could go bust three weeks in so it's still very much on a weekly basis i'm not sure it's done a lot for my stress levels over the years but um it keeps you focused <laughs> <laughs> so when when you go full-time with pop bitch did it coincide? Because when, when it started, it was this amazing time of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys mm. and Britney. There was so much going on. When you went full-time with Pop Bitch, did it coincide with a similar peak? In no, no, I don't think it did. The one thing that really time-wise started Pop Bitch was Britney, Baby One More Time. Because we'd always been convinced that grown-ups could really love pop music and pop culture. And I'd say grown-ups were, you know, in your 20s then rather than teens. But that came out and it was such a, a pop culture moment. The song sold so many copies so quickly that it was like, hang on a minute. She's, she's something. We've, we've got a hook to hang this on. So Backstreet Britney was really what, what drove it. 
I think the danger about when it was full time about 2004 was that it was a it was a poor period for music, and there was a stage of getting a bit grumpy. But it gave it a voice as well, you know, being grumpy about the world of manufactured, marketed pop. I think it was just in the things like TV song contests were in the ascendancies all around the world. And sometimes people were great and sometimes people came out of it were really poor, but they had such money behind them. And there were so many manufactured acts here that were, that were rubbish. I mean, there were, I love manufactured pop. Things like Five... Backstreet Boys, I mean, two of my favourite bands, probably from the time, but some of them are just awful. So I think there was a couple of years, probably around that time, where it coincided with... It was a good period to to talk shit about the, the world of pop. But you don't want to be grumpy forever, so I'm really pleased that over time, there's peaks and troughs, there's bands you love, there's films you love, there's TV you love, even though there's things you hate. Because it's mostly been pop music, mm-hmm. pop bitch, but it also has its moments where it's actors and then footballers. Yeah. And I think anywhere where there are famous people where you can look behind the scenes, and that's interesting, even the world of media. I mean, we've had such big media trials here going on. You know, every day in the high court, there's either a celebrity or a journalist facing the judge over some serious charges. So there's a hell of a lot of stories just in that. And it's the same that goes on in the world of of football, where, where there's money and where there's control, there are stories that people don't want you to read. And I guess what started out just as pop music, we've branched out into sport, to politics, to Hollywood, TV, anything like that. I'm guessing that once you gave people an outlet, I'm guessing you didn't have to really hunt for stories. Stories would come to you. I think for the first few years, that was true. People were desperate to give you stories. We never, we've never paid for stories. It's not like a tabloid where you can make a few thousand by, by selling something. It's always been on trust that if you want to tell us something, we'll pass it on. So there's a lot of people who feel more comfortable doing that. Maybe someone who works with someone they don't like that much or wasn't treated that well. Maybe someone's hairdresser or PR or something like that. Somebody was a runner on a TV show where the star behaved badly or journalist who did a story and then the interesting bit of the story got spiked, that sort of thing. So yeah, people were throwing stories at us. I think then there became a time where there's so many competing places. Suddenly a lot of newspapers, a lot of websites were paying people for the stories that that we weren't. So they got spread out and then people were starting to put them on Facebook, Twitter, things like that. But what we've noticed about over the last three years that a lot of that it's resurfaced, that I think again people feel they want to get these things out. It's fun to share gossip. I think it's a huge part of human trait. But this is a way they feel comfortable doing it. So yeah, it's every week you get something come into your inbox or somebody rings you and you go, oh my God, <gasps> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and mainly it's not, you know, they're not earth shattering stories, but they're just, they're something that no one knows or something you didn't know. And it just makes you go, wow, that's fun. <laughs> We are going to be back in a moment with Camilla Wright. Uh, This is a conversation from about nine years ago. And if you've read my book, you'll know that I was in London for a time when I was not doing very well. And this conversation actually happened in the middle of all that. And knowing what you know now, if you go back and listen to the full conversation, uh, episode 34, you'll actually, you can hear it in my voice. You can actually hear there's a, yeah, it's extraordinary. Uh, We've got a little bit more uh, from Camilla, but I do have to play some ads. We're going to talk about... Her favorite celebrities. Yeah. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Better Make It Quick, the very rapid Wednesday edition of the show where we look back through the back catalogue and have a check out of an episode that, you know, as Sammy Hagar once warned us, that only time will tell if we will stand the test of time. I think it stands the test of time. Camilla Wright founded the internet newsletter Pop Bitch, which basically talks about pop stars behaving badly. And when she's writing about celebrities every day, surely Camilla would have to have her favourites. I wondered who they were. There's a band called Blue who I really love because they are personalities in their their own work, right? And not just as a band, but they will all go off and do strange and stupid things at all times. You know, they've gone bust so many times. Bank- one minute one of them's bankrupt and they're gay and then they're straight. One of them was caught on camera urinating against an ATM. Lee Ryan, who's probably our favourite member of Blue, has been on Celebrity Big Brother lately and has just become a big star through that just i think people who are just entertaining britney spears for the first few years but just felt quite sad for britney the last few years she just does not seem the world doesn't seem to have been kind to her i think i hope one day that she looks like she's enjoying her music again but she'll always be one of our favorites there's so many people that you just as soon as they come out with a, something actually our favorite is a it's a kind of small TV star in Britain called Paul Danan. He was in a show called Hollyoaks, a reality show called Celebrity Love Island. He's really not a big star, but every single thing he does or says, you just love it. Um, Danny Dyer, who's now in EastEnders here, again, he's someone who has a, a persona and I don't think takes himself terribly seriously, so you can have a lot of fun fun with that it's much easier to feel closer to the personalities i think of smaller stars than the kind of a-list i think that's been the trouble over the last few years it's the with the growth of reality tv people like the kardashians showing you their intimate or their faked intimate details of their life you feel much closer to that world than the big a-list stars who you don't know anything about their life when they're not in a movie and therefore there's been a maybe a divorce of celebrity and talent which has changed, I guess, the world of reporting about it as well. What are you saying, that the two are no longer come, come together? That there's such a big market for stories about people who are famous. They're largely filled now by people who are famous for being famous and therefore willing to have everything about their lives put on camera, on Instagram, 
and a lot of the people who you would have called famous, people who are famous for being a sports star or being a film star or something, I guess they don't have to do that anymore. You look at them, like the, the celebrity magazines every week, it's, it's people who are famous for being in that magazine. They're not famous outside it. And the same with TV. Shows about people who are willing to be on TV be, have, have made people stars. I think it's changed the nature of celebrity in that people are... People now want to be celebrities. It's a career choice. You don't think, I'd like to be a novelist, and then I might get famous. You think, I'm going to get famous. So, um, and then write my novel or get my then, novel ghost written. Exactly, exactly. Katie Price, who's one of our, I guess, biggest celebrities here of the. She was sort of. AKA off, Jordan? Jordan, yeah. I mean, she started off as a glamour model. Mrs. Andre? <laughs> the ex Mrs. Andre. She started off as a glamour model, but she's more famous now for having had like 12 or 15 novels ghost written. That's where she's made her money. Good for her. Absolutely. Good for, good for her that she's made a, you know. She's making money that she's, you know, I always think about that. I can never, I can never, if you're making cash, if you're paying, paying the bills, good for you. You know, it's up mm-hmm. between you and the universe, how you'd make that money. But if you're doing it, if yeah. you're doing it, good on you. I do notice like, I think now when I think about my life, I had a very tiny exposure to uh, the public eye when I was doing a show like Idol in mm-hmm. Australia. And there was a period there. That must where, have been quite a big exposure. Well, I, I'm trying to downplay it. <laughs> yeah. It was in my country. It was, you know, I didn't have the most intense experience. I'm sure people have, you know, there's far more, you know, famous people than I, but I had, you know, I had the experience of, you know, being papped and being things written about and stuff like that. But I'm ever so grateful, ever so grateful that it happened before Facebook and a lot of it happened before camera phones. Yeah. <laughs> I think in some ways we've always, I've always thought that, can get away with writing about people particularly if you're trying to write about them things that are true but there's a lot more uh, photos paparazzi camera phones it's a lot more invasive you might not like that someone's written something about you but they're just words written probably the other side of the world but the the growth of the i guess the, the paparazzi the people who want to be paparazzis and just basically follow stars around with a camera Yelling things at Yelling them. things. It's, it's changed the nature of, I guess, being famous. That to me is quite invasive. The, the pictures of the celebrities' children. I mean, you're four years old. Do you really want to be followed to the shops every day? I don't think anyone's thought of a way of framing laws that would stop it, that wouldn't have knock-on effects, that would be bad in other parts of reporting and journalism. But it kind of requires us as humans just to say... Maybe we shouldn't harass this person. Maybe uh, letting somebody have a drink in a pub without a camera being in their face all the time is actually how we behave. We can, you know, write a post on Facebook about how we've just seen somebody in a pub, maybe, but calling the, you know, the paparazzi and letting them ruin somebody's night every night. I mean, I'm part of that industry, so I'm not going to claim that they'd be holier than thou, but I don't look at it sometimes and think it's gone in a wholly positive way. Have people come to you with photos and, and said you should, you know? We've, we used to get them a lot, but then we just said we don't publish them. My full conversation with Camilla Wright is on episode 34. Scroll a long way back, <laughs> nearly 500 episodes back, and you'll find it. We talk about celebrities and their lawyers. The first sponsors that Pop Pitch got, it was a clothing brand that essentially set the standard for integrated online advertising. 
We talk about Adele's career. We talk about a Madonna dedication and, and so much more. It's, it's a great conversation. I think Camilla's fantastic. And she's a great mate, which I'm really grateful for. When Wolfie got born, she flew down from Hong Kong, where she was at the time, come to say, hey, not many people do that. She's a really lovely person. Uh, let me know if you need anything. You can find a link to the newsletter in the show notes. If you are in Melbourne, we're doing a gig on the 22nd of February. Come check it out. Sam Wood is definitely locked in as a guest. We, uh, we have another one. We can't talk about it just yet. We have to wait and make sure on a production schedule that um, lets us know if they are available, but we have to wait. Silly political games between broadcasters. Hey, you don't have to know about that. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.